Hi, and welcome to episode 78 of No Crying in Baseball, the three is a magic number episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Good to see you. We were at the ballpark without each other this weekend. That was kind of weird. It was weird. We were like doing some tag team. Yeah. You yeah. got the bobblehead night, the Juan Soto bobblehead. I'm so happy about that. And and you know the thing about him making sure that it was a smiley one? I love that. You know, I do too. If you don't know, the baseball players get to review the first draft, the first iteration of their bobblehead to make sure they approve. And that was his comment, that it had to be smiling, which is great because he's one of the guys that I have chosen for my boyfriend group um, with this podcast, how we choose a guy from each team who's just that guy you want to hang out and have a beer with. That would be Juan Soto for me. I got to see the game after you, though, on Saturday, and I got to see Chris Archer pitch, which interestingly, is the first time that he's pitched since we talked about him last week when he was caught in that kerfuffle where he pitched behind Dietrich and then the Puig explosion happened. The, the fracas, the, the ruckus. The fracas, ruckus, the, all, all those all things. things. <laughs> so it turned out that he did get a little bit of a penalty for it. Teeny tiny, missed a few games, but I got to see him on Saturday. And man, he he deserves his own hair segment. So you really did enjoy seeing him I is what did. you're saying. You you enjoyed what you saw. Yeah, I got all fangirl. I went, and then I was really happy because the Nats won. So I hadn't seen that live in person so far this year. So that was a lot of fun. And so I finally got to do my Shotsky. Oh, the Shotsky. You did a Shotsky without me. Oh, wait, I keep turning you down. Yeah, so it, it that's had to be without problem. me, right? Like you saying no Shotsky for Patty. No, yeah. no. The Big Stick, our favorite hangout near Nats Park, has this wooden ski with four shots on it. And so you have to do it with three friends because you do, physically it just doesn't work the way that the shot it, it would be are. a waste of tequila or, in your case, what did you guys say? We did yeah, Jameson. Yeah, Jameson. It'd be a waste of alcohol if you didn't have everybody lined up next to a mm-hmm. shot glass when and, that, and that ski turned. Yeah, yeah I did have to... Uh, kneel on a stool because it was with three guys. One was my husband, who's not really that tall, but the other two guys really like got the ski high in the air. But it worked. So I did see video. I was elsewhere. I was at a fancy schmancy dinner and then my phone went off and sure enough, there's a video of Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth and two people don't know doing a shot ski and I was impressed. Yeah, well, there are Boston friends and you know, I don't know. I don't want to generalize. I those people drink. Yeah. I'm generalizing. Look at me. I went right (laughs) to generalizing. Those people drink. They're they're Fenway Park folks and actually they they thought that Nats Park was really cute. Even though it's so much huger than Fenway, they were like, you, you do all these games and stuff. It's like a minor league game. Yeah. You know, the thing about Fenway <laughs> is that it's its own thing. It's right. not like it's in the majority and the other teams are like, eh. it's like, yeah, you guys are very adorable. You people from Fenway. Cheers to adorable. Cheers. On today's show, we're going to talk about Ozzy Albies and his new extension and then kind of the trend towards extensions, which may or may not be the thing we're excited about. It may be bad for baseball in general, but... We'll leave it to you to decide. We're going to do some more baseball math following up on last week's Infinity story. And this week, it's three is a magic number. We have a lot of home run news this week. The Yankees have an all-IL injury list lineup that Potty Mouth will tell you more about. We're going to give you a report from the Trailblazer series, Girls Playing Baseball. We have a cat-called corollary to last week's rules on booing. And we're going to assign a little bit of cross-training homework at the end of the show today. So here we go. We have a lot of stuff. I didn't realize we had that much stuff. It's there's a whole a, bunch of stuff. There's a lot going on. I have to talk about Ozzy Albies. 
and th- I did pronounce that right. Albies. Ta- Albies. Remember, what's what's on your report card? Albies. That's right. yeah, yeah, you did that when I first chose him. Yeah. He's the guy I chose from the Braves for my boyfriend group because he's so awesome. And there's a lot of talk about the Braves not appreciating him. So I'll just put out the info and I'm still kind of wavering. So I'm hoping that you can help me with this. It looks like it's not a lot of money to the baseball average person. To me, it looks like money. Like I would be happy with this money. But compared to, say, Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, Albies will be getting $35 million over seven years with an option for two more, which would bring it up to $45 million over nine years if the club exercises that option. Um, and the deal is that this starts now. Like you talked about this with Acuna last week, that he signed $100 million for eight years, right? Yep. And it starts now. And both these guys are getting paid a few hundred thousand dollars because that's the entering contract. The, amount, late, right? the league minimum is what they need to be paired paid until they reach arbitration. Yeah, but it's, it's like half a million dollars. But it's only while they're playing. Yeah, it's different than guaranteed money. And that's that's comparative. And he has two more years of that low wage. And then he would enter arbitration for the next three years. So the question is, how much more would he be getting under arbitration? And the answer is probably a lot. And Jeff Passan, the sports writer for Yahoo now, right, he, he said that this extension might be the worst contract ever for a player, and this is not hyperbole. So really, it's the worst contract that he's ever heard of. The part that bothers me in, in being concerned for my buddy Ozzy is that he's 22 years old now. And so he's signing away his most productive years. He's going to be around 30, which is that magic number when salaries start tanking when this expires. So I don't know. It's it's rough. And in comparing him to other guys, Altuve is under a seven-year contract that started when he was 27 years old. So five years later than Albies age-wise. And it's $163.5 million. Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles, the the contract that everybody laments about, is in year four of a seven-year, $160 million contract. So there's that side, that obviously this is so much less money. But then there's what Ozzy says, and and he looks happy. You know, and I don't know, you know, it's just hard to judge another person. He said, I'm not playing for money, I'm playing for my career, and I took it because I want my family to be safe, which is exactly what you were talking about last week with Acuna. And speaking of Acuna, he has a lot to do with it. He wants to stay with his brother. He said, we're more than brothers. I love him. And he loves it in Atlanta. So he's happy, but is it a problem when you're being ripped off and being happy? I mean, where does this enter problem territory if he's okay with it? That's my question to you. Okay. I am here to help you with that because none of this is on... Ozzy Albies. Albies. Oh, now I'm doing yeah, it. Sorry. Jeez, oh, you know, I think okay. it's my Boston accent. It's okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how you people actually speak. I know how you drink, so cheers, <laughs> cheers to that. I appreciate that about you. So here's the thing. It's not Ozzy. It's the Braves. The Braves are taking advantage of those very honest feelings that he has, and they're not paying him what he's worth. And the biggest problem with that is that it's not just his contract. It ripples out and affects other players. It, in fact, affects the whole league. And let me tell you why. Here you go. So the teams see these extensions as a way to sort of control and budget, anticipate their payroll. If they have people under contracts, they know that every year they're not going to be going to arbitration or renegotiating and not knowing how much they're going to pay somebody. So it's good for an economic sense, absolutely, and for planning sense. And I appreciate all those things on the part of the teams. 
One of the reasons they want to get these extensions done besides that is teams are losing in arbitration. More often than not, the player who asks for more money gets more money. So by locking these guys in young, they skip those arbitration years and the team has said, okay, well, you've agreed to this, we're done, as opposed to maybe finding out a a few years later that it's going to be hundreds of million dollars indifference, right? Yeah, that had Mookie Betts got his say above what the Red Sox were offering right? two years ago, I think. Right. So it also, okay, here's the thing. When you when you sell your house or when your house is appraised, that appraisal of what your house is worth is based on what another house down the street or on the next block of about the same size has sold for recently. What has that house been appraised for? That's how that's how your house will be appraised. That's how your worth will be defined. So the same thing happens in negotiations and in arbitration. If you're looking at a player, you say, here's another player who's very much like you. Here's what their salary is, so that's what you're worth. And if Ozzy Albies is willing to take a lower salary, because that makes sense for him personally, it's not just about him though. It's about other players who then have a depressed market. So they're not getting what their value would have been had he stuck it out for longer or gone to arbitration or, you know, had somebody like Scott Boris negotiating for him. One of the problems is that these young guys, because they're coming up out of nowhere, they're newbies, they have small agencies and inexperienced agents representing them. And a couple things happen there. One is I learned because I read, I love reading, reading teaches you things like teams keep, keep like scouting reports on agencies not just players. Oh, wow. So they know how agencies negotiate, and that factors in how they're, they plan their negotiations. So they see these little agents coming up, they're like, you know, cracking their knuckles, like, we've got this, right? right. Uh, and also, these small agencies are thinking, this guy's going to be a superstar. If he, he, if he dumps us and goes for a bigger name, we don't see any of that superstar money. So we need to negotiate bigger money for him now so we get our cut. And that bigger money may be $35 million instead of $100 million or $180 million because that's what the small agency can get. They get their payout and then their players stuck. So they're better off doing early extensions as opposed to waiting until our arbitration year and dealing with somebody who's entering free agency. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And our, and our pal Scott Boris, who is good with the wordplay, refers to these as snuff contracts. That's just way too far. Because he, he's, he's cool, though. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't like he, No, I'm, I am actually with him on this. He's snuffing yeah. out the, 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 the yeah, salary potential, the all that stuff. It so. has a bad connotation. Yeah. You know? Well, it, but it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Mm. So... In any in any case, okay. So so love or hate the phrase snuff con- contracts or, yeah. or Scott Boris for that for that matter. We have differing opinions there, but it may be good for Ozzy Albies personally. But there are ripple effects that do that do touch on other players and may be depressing what they will be able to get when their um, when their negotiations come up. So there's that. All right. So Ozzy, you know, I'm all for you, but. But maybe you should be uh, consulting somebody with a little bit more years and wisdom before I mean, making these decisions. I mean, I would take $35 million in a second, yeah. right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. so we're, we're in his camp. I could totally get that. All right. So more math. Three is a magic number. You remember your schoolhouse rock. They weren't wrong. That was my favorite song. It's a good one, right? I like it. All right. So last week we talked about Trevor Rosenthal and his infinite ERA. Well, guess what? He pitched again. He got three 
outs. That's an inning. That's an inning. So now there's a one at the bottom of that equation. So now nine times earned runs, nine times eight equals 72, divided by one, which equals... 72. Yes. I am passing the math test every week. Check me out. So I um, I did a little extended math. And I, I if this math is right, and if I'm Iron Man, my math is always right. Um, I believe that Trevor Rosenthal needs to pitch seven and a third more scoreless innings to get that ERA down to single digits. I have confidence. He can do that. I hope so. I, I We need him yeah. badly. Thank you very much. So my favorite Twitter question that I kept seeing in different forms this week is because, you know, Chris Davis has set that record for no hits. This is Chris with a C of the Orioles. Right. Right. Because the other Chris Davis, whew, different yeah. story altogether. And so Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal had this infinite ERA. So what happens if Trevor Rosenthal of infinite ERA pitches to hitless Chris Davis. That would have been a beautiful thing. So but, I, but the series between the Nats and the Orioles is not happening for a while. Right. So here's the thing. So my initial response is heads would explode. There's no math to explain this. And then I thought about it. Well, okay, Davis would probably walk. But still, the funnier answer is the world would end. That's I, I would have loved to see that. Right. They should have up that game just but to make it happen. In fact, just yesterday, Chris Davis got that first hit and not only one hit, but how many hits? Three? Three. Oh, three. Three Another three. Three is a magic number. Absolutely. So Chris Davis now has a 0.79 batting average instead of the big goose egg. And this whole Trevor Rosenthal thing, the more I thought about it, remember how when we were talking about the new rule for next year, like facing the the relief pitchers have to face a three batter minimum? Three. Again, it's a three. And I was saying, oh, that's good. That's good. And then I Uh saw Trevor Rosenthal with his infinite ear. And I thought maybe potty mouth is right about this. Maybe, maybe that's not a good thing. So there's your three about three because three is a magic number. Let's talk home runs. So many home runs. You're doing better in the American league rookie prediction than I am right now, because the guy I predicted Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is still not actually playing. Whereas yours, he's so close. He's really close. He's really close. Very excited about that because we have some catching up to do. Because your guy has gotten not one, but two of his first first two home runs at Yankee Stadium. In the same game. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So I had to update notes really Who quickly, would that be? which is great. That would be Eloy Jimenez of the White Sox. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Um, he took home both of those home run balls and the bat that he used. And he says he's going to keep them in his bedroom because, quote, I'm going to look at that bat every single time. Day. You know, actually, Chris Davis asked for the ball from his yes. first hit, uh-huh. which is really wild. Like, what a memento to keep. I don't, you got to look at it in the positive way. But yeah, yeah keep it's like, that it's stuff. Like I, I changed. I changed my uh, my uh, my moves going forward. This mm-hmm. is all good. There was a lot of home run action this week that is kind of of interest. The other Chris Davis, the one who doesn't need to have any balls that he's hit safely because there are so many now. He is the first person in the major leagues to reach 10 home runs so far this season. Yeah, I I heard that in that spat of time where the other Chris Davis was not hitting, the K Chris Davis had 16 home runs. Yeah, so there's um, 16. Oh, oh, because because it was from last year too. too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so Chris with the K is winning the Chris Davis smackdown. No question about it. so he was my boyfriend last year, Potty Mouth's boyfriend last year, Jose Altuve, is the first person in the major leagues to homer in five straight games. Yay. Yay. Including he and, and Yuli Gurriel both had a grand slam in the same game against Seattle the other day. And Seattle is freaking amazing right now. 
Yeah, so they have some catching up to do against Seattle. So I'm guessing this is squishing it back down. So, yeah, so um, the Mariners have homered in all 16 games they have played to date when we record. So they'll have another game or two before you hear this episode. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but that's that's record-setting right there. That's pretty amazing. I got to see my boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, hit two home runs in the same game on Friday, but I was in a woo-free zone because the three people I was with did not include Potty Mouth, and they were all party poopers and none of them wooed not one of the three of them wooed i got to i missed the first woo on saturday just because i was not paying attention so that was really bad form because i told our guests from fenway all about it and we were all excited but then they wooed too they caught on to the woo balance has been restored to the universe thank you for that and and then um a rookie of the year to be uh pete alonzo of the mets this week hit a 454 foot 118 mile per hour two-run homer into the center field water feature in the ballpark in Atlanta. It was a splashdown. That's an appropriate landing place. I'm going to battle you on this rookie of the year, though. I mean, Tatis Jr. maybe hasn't gone as far or as many, but he does have four home runs, and he's the youngest shortstop to get to four home runs in the first 16 games why is that a statistic? I don't know, but <laughs> it's going to like bolster my uh, my argument for Tatis Jr. So I, I think he has a good a good chance. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And for, in fact, I thought that Tatis Jr. was going to be my pick um, until Pete Alonso started like breaking out. So I think they're both good picks. And it's adorable that he has two fewer home runs than Pete Alonso. Oh, trash talk. Wait till, who knows what what the story is when this podcast drops? It is absolutely true. Tell us about the Yankees that you love so much. I'm really starting to warm up to the Yankees. I really appreciate Betsy's interview last week. Betsy Ha, if you haven't heard it, go back to it. She is the general manager of the Pulaski Yankees in Virginia. We're going to do a field trip that we're planning. And then it involves cows. (laughs) Cows are definitely an attraction. There's also a wonderful article in The Atlantic this week about an assistant GM female potty mouth, great potty mouth (laughs) assistant manager of the Yankees. Do you mean in The Athletic? Yeah. Did I say The Athletic? I said The Atlantic, which which is a very, very, very lovely publication. But I was surprised that they would profile. Okay, go ahead. I'm so glad that you're here because I could never do a podcast where I'm speaking myself because I obviously don't hear myself. (laughs) You know, like this this happened last week, too. I just said the wrong word. Yes, Athletic. (laughs) Athletic. It's a great it's a great interview. If you um, subscribe to The Athletic, which you should Definitely read it. So I've been thinking good things about the Yankees lately. So I am not gloating in this at all. I just found this to be an interesting phenomenon that they pretty much have an entire team on the injured list. Um, I'm really hoping that whoever's on first, they have a few on first, but they better stay healthy because that's what they're missing uh, on their injured on, li- on their IL team. They have plenty of pitchers, even though Sabathia came off of it today. You go, Sabathia. Um, and now he's starting, right? He wasn't going to start. He was going to be bullpen, but then they didn't have to start because of all of the injuries. Yeah, I yeah. wonder how things are going. You will know before we do, our listeners. Um, but Severino, who's their one of their main pitchers, has a grade two lat strain, and they have no clue where it came from. It is not related to his other arm injuries that he has had in the past, but that sounds kind of serious. I don't know when he's coming back. But Tances, who used to strike fear in me as a setup guy, is out for shoulder stuff, as are a couple of other relief pitchers. Well, Heller and actually, I think Montgomery is starting or not 
now, um, who both have elbow issues. Their catcher just got hurt the other day, Gary Sanchez, with a calf strain. Um, my boyfriend, Didi Gregorius, has not been able to play yet, so he is not on my fantasy team yet. But that would maybe I can yeah. sub him in at some point. And then Tulowitzki, who they got to sub for Gregorius, also is out. Oh, jeez. And Andujar on third base, not on third base. And then for the outfield, we've got three outfielders there. Hicks with his back, Stanton, big deal, with his biceps. And Ellsbury, oh. like, you didn't even know he was actually on the team because he's been out for so long. But it does complete the injured list Yankees team. But so, Stanton's biceps, that makes me sad. That is. That I know is, his forearms are really the, the compelling feature, but the biceps are pretty good too. Dang. I really honestly wish the best for all of these guys. I do not mean any harm to anyone. Tulowitzki, Stanton, and Sanchez could be back any day. So we can hope. We'll watch for that. No Crying in Baseball would like to tip their collective baseball caps to Whit Merrifield, my boyfriend last year from the Royals, for his 31-game hitting streak. It ended last week, but he passed George Brett to hold the new Royals record, and he has the longest record in MLB since 2011. That's a lot of games. That's w worth watching that Cool Wit video again. It sure is. So look up Cool Wit on YouTube. It is cool worth your wit. while. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yay for you, Wit Merrifield. There are happy things happening in California right now as we are recording. It is the Trailblazers series, which has been going on all weekend for girls ages 11 to 13, and this is co-sponsored by MLB and U.S. Baseball, and it's a great thing because girls are playing competitively, and, and we talked, we've talked a lot before about how this is probably more competitive for a lot of these girls than their usual play because they're the girl on the team. They had to be selected, right? They had to apply and be chosen to go to this. It's a big deal. It is. It is. So there are some representatives from girls teams who are there who are used to playing with girls at least part of the time, like our friends on DC Force and Boston Slammers and LA Monarchs. But then there are girls from all over, from Canada, from Puerto Rico, 21 states and DC, which is not included as a state. And they get to play and they get to learn from wonderful people like the reps from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Three of the members were there. And those videos are so worth seeing, of seeing these women who played baseball, playing catch with the girls, playing baseball now. Kim Ng, who's the MLB Senior Vice President of Baseball and Softball Development, gave their introductory uh, welcoming speech. And she's the one who everybody thinks is going to be the first GM at some point, we can hope. But a lot of other cool people are there, too. It sounds like a really fun thing. And and it's scholarship. So, like, once you get chosen, you don't pay either, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I like the fact that it's it's so inclusive that way, that you don't have to be the ones with them whose parents have money in order for you to take advantage of this exciting thing. They have some other things there, too, like um, panels of women who are in front office jobs to talk about all the different things you can do in baseball. Because, as you know, not a lot of people end up being able to play professional baseball. And even if and when girls are able to, there's a wide variety of, of options that are open to anyone to work in baseball, like potty mouth trying to get in there to be a translator, for instance, oh, or a teacher of English. I have to work on my resume. I would, what I was thinking, though, is they took your advice. So they got to go to a Dodgers Brewers game, but the girls were recognized on the field. And this is what you have been said Yay! since the cows, until the cows come home, that would be oh, future. Back to so the cows. Since, yeah. 
<laughs> cow theme. Since the beginning of, of podcasting, you've been saying that use these parks to promote women's and girls' ball because that's where people are. So having them recognized during a game in an MLB park hopefully will hold them for the future. That makes them be taken seriously Mm -hmm. because here's where we go to see good baseball. If these girls are in this park, that means they are good at this game. Last week, we instituted what's going to be a sporadic little segment on our show about rules. And by rules, we mean potty mouth and patty rules, not MLB rules, although we think they might need to be MLB rules. Yeah, they could learn a few things from us. They could. So last week we talked about booing. Maybe our rules, I think a lot of them are actually more for fans than their spectators than they are for for MLB itself. But last week we discussed booing when it's okay and when it's not okay. Um, The default is it's usually not okay. And then at the game I was at on Friday, I caught myself catcalling a little bit. So can you define catcall to me? It Yelling things to players other than... Go, get a hit. Woohoo, you're awesome. So giving them constructive feedback? Well, I'm defining it that way. Okay, so you might use actual words instead of boo to voice displeasure over what you oh, see I on the field. Oh, I have plenty of words I use instead of boo. In addition to the very <laughs> limited vocabulary that one could put in, like, say, the sailor or pirate category, the potty mouth is so good at, you might be yelling other things to players. And some of those are just not okay. But let me start with the ones that are okay. You should feel free to be helpful. You should feel free to augment the coaching they're already getting. You should feel free to remind players and umpires of the rules if they don't seem to be following the rules, like call the ball or pitch the ball or reminding the umpire of the strike zone. Those are all okay. My daughter, who recently went to a JV softball game at her school, said, you need to also add, you can't do that because sometimes players forget the rules. Like when they shove the third baseman out of the way, it's really kind of your job to yell, you can't do that. And that is fair because they can't, in fact, do that. There's a hard no. The hard no is catcalling on appearance or race, or national origin, or personal qualities. Way no. Way no. And I've heard a lot of that, and I'm horrified. Yeah, I'm horrified by all of that. And any any catcall that involves the word suck. X team sucks. This player sucks. You suck. Not okay. This is not all right. It just shows a lack of vocabulary, a lack of creativity, and probably just bad form, and your mother would be very disappointed in you. And often you're wrong. It's just not worth it. You're wrong. Like, I mean, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. I don't chant Yankees suck because, number one, they don't. (laughs) There's a lot of really good things about them. And it's just rude and it's old and you could be more creative. I mean, really, they don't suck. Yeah, you know, the the Nats were playing the Phillies and the Phillies fans were yelling, Soto sucks to Potty Mouse boyfriend Juan Soto. And then he hit a home run. So number one, it doesn't suck. And number two, he immediately proved them wrong. And now they're all... Also, they should be embarrassed as well as rude, and their mom should be sad about that. There's some fun baseball happening. I like fun baseball. Right now in Monterrey, Mexico. Oh, say that again. That was pretty. Monterrey. I would like to go there. That's so good. Let's have a field trip. It it turns out that they have been hosting a lot of these Mexican series. That's where they've been having them. And this one is the Cardinals and the Reds. And people, it's been sold out. It's hugely popular. And I think the coolest thing is go to a post that I put on Facebook today about the president of Mexico and how he is a baseball fan and he's promoting Mexican baseball. It's an actual, he created a a government department 
called Promo Base, I think. That's it, to promote baseball. So I, I'm all for that. I totally like the sound of that. And, and and you know if they're being sold out, it's got to be the locals wanting to see baseball because I don't think that, you know, St. Louis and Cincinnati folks are going to travel all that way for a weekend series. No, not exactly. Very fun. Very fun. We're going to give you a cross-training assignment for the next week. Oh, Potty Mouth didn't know about that. I'm assigning the teacher homework. Oh, okay. man. No, it's good. Right. It's good homework. It's good homework. It's and spring break. You I got to take a break. Not yet. Not until okay. Wednesday. And actually, True. some of these things would be fun to do on break. Okay. One is this piece in the Players' Tribune. If you haven't seen this website, go to the Players' Tribune. It's where players in professional sports write their stories. And a lot of them are lovely and inspirational and wonderful. One of the newest ones has been getting a lot of play. So ideally, you will this will not be news to you. But Kyle Korver of the Utah Jazz wrote a piece on his examination of his own privilege. White guy playing professional basketball. It is really moving. It is unflinching. It's here's what I realized I was doing. Here's where I was wrong. These are the steps I'm going to take to be better. And if you're going to wear my jersey, if you're going to cheer for me, know that this is who I am and I'm going to expect that of you too. It's I have to read it, but I'm okay with that homework. And I'm thinking that is hugely cross sports related. It absolutely is. Translate that. So go to um, Players Tribune and look for Kyle Corver of Utah Jazz. Also on a recreational bit, the Stanley Cup playoffs have started. We and there are a thousand teams. There are sixteen. That's less than a fewer than a thousand. Yes. But there's a lot of teams. But two of those teams, I'm very interested in. Right, and they are all over the country. So no matter what time zone you're in, if you're done watching baseball for the day, there's probably a hockey game on. Watch a different sport. You may love hockey. You may not know anything about hockey, but it's really fun. Give it half an hour. You'll be glad you did. And it, and it will. I think it's going to develop a different part of your brain that baseball is not currently using. So watch some playoff. Hockey. That twitchy, fast-moving part. That's the one. Mm-hmm. That's the one. We're watching baseball, though. Yeah, And we sure we're are. watching lots of it. And we have a Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League for this podcast. So Patty and I have our guys that we have chosen every week in the offseason. If you weren't with us before, go back to some of our old shows because we do profiles of these guys and why we chose them. So then we did our cuts, and we each have a team. And then we opened it up, and we let other teams into our league. And so now our boyfriends are competing against our friends' boyfriends. And these boyfriends, you know, they're, they're people who are good, but they also have to be good people. Hey, players who are good, but also good players. That's, it, it could that's be a both. thing. Yeah. yeah, sure. Okay. All right. But mine's tanking right now. I'm in <laughs> I'm in seventh place with my, with my good oh, guys. Oh, potty mouth by yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you're not too much above me. You're two, two pegs above me. You're in fifth place. Yeah, but I'm 20 points ahead of you. And I'm, I'm only like three points out of the there next. you go with the math again. All right. So I am Iron Man, yeah. damn it. But first place, ironically, is the leftovers who chose his team after everybody else had chosen. So he named them the leftovers because it was the best he could get. And look at him in first place. There is a fantasy baseball message in there somewhere. And we know him as Mr. Potty Mouth. Yeah. I'm just putting that out there. I know I have to live with this gloating. <laughs> And so last year's champ is number two, and um, uh, one of our new participants, um, El Wombo, is number three. I like his name. Yeah, it's totally great. And actually, between me at number five and number one is really only like seven points. It's not a lot. Then there's a big drop to the rest. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I still it's early. It's early. Okay, very it's early. early. 
So, um, and the week ahead for me, um, Giants are coming to town. So I get to go to two Giants Nationals games, including one day game, which is almost like playing hooky. That's going to be fun. It overlaps with spring break for me. So it's not playing hooky, but I'm excited. It's a, it's a good vacation activity. And, and I may be just a little giddy. I mean, by the time you hear this, if you watch Game of Thrones, you will have already seen the premiere, but it's tonight for me. So I'm just a little um, a, a little shaky, a little anxious, a little woohoo about Game of Thrones. I'm observing because I've never seen an episode. Not I don't think zero. it would be good for you. No, yeah. Not my thing. All right. So, yeah. So we have baseball. We have Game of Thrones. We have hockey. We have reading assignments about white privilege. There's a lot going on. And we have going back to our previous podcast. If you're joining us new, there's all sorts of stuff back there at nocryingandbball.com or wherever you get your podcast. That's right. Tell your friends about it. Take a listen. Subscribe. If you have a second to write a review, we would appreciate that. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.